So I was like, oh my God, I have to learn how to store Pfizer vaccines. And I like, literally, I remember when you guys came to me and I was like, <laughs> I didn't even order insurance for our cars to get to Queens Village. And you want me to give out shots to people? No, Micho's like, Micho's like, yeah, just go through the paperwork. So I'm like sitting there with 50 pages of paperwork. So that was so great. It was such a great moment when Shri like called me and was like, we're going to get a truck. It was the most exciting thing. Good morning. This is Epicenter NYC. We connect our communities to news, information, and each other. I'm Andrea Pineda Salgado. One year ago, in December of 2020, a nurse at the Long Island Jewish Medical Center became the first person to be vaccinated for the coronavirus. And ever since, we've been on the front lines helping the rest of our neighbors get their shots. We've made appointments for restaurant workers in Harlem, taxi drivers in Brooklyn, grandparents in Queens, and even upstate farmers. Over 7,000 New Yorkers have turned to Epicenter staff volunteers, and our partners to get COVID-19 vaccines. And we're really proud of that. But our work isn't done, because while the vaccine has been administered for almost a year now, there are still severely under-vaccinated neighborhoods in New York City. And we can't blame hesitancy alone. Yes, logistical difficulties still plague communities. Queens Village is one of these communities. The zip code 11429 had just two vaccination sites, both through chain drugstores. So we decided to arrange a pop-up in partnership with New York City Test and Trace to bring Pfizer and J&J doses to this pocket of Southeast Queens. And by the end of day one, more than 60 people had been vaccinated. Today, Epicenter's Mitra Kalida speaks to Bifen Shu, Sri Bhagavan, and Catherine Tam, Bifen, Sri, and Catherine have been instrumental in our mission to vaccinate our neighbors. Before we begin, a quick message from our friends and sponsors at McKinsey & Company. Find out about the biggest ideas in business on McKinsey's Insights app, where you can listen to podcasts like our flagship show, The McKinsey Podcast. We're so not tuned in to the dynamic going on for the current employees. What matters to them most? Or watch our author talk series featuring law professor Dorothy A. Brown. 60% of Black college students don't graduate. And when I came across that statistic, I got so depressed. And read lots of articles about, for example, The Next Normal, where you can learn about the coronavirus's latest impact on business. To hear, see, and read more, download McKinsey's Insights app now. Now. Back to the show. Here's Mitra, Bifin, Sri, and Catherine. I feel like everyone has told me to take stock of what's happened, both with Epicenter's vaccine efforts in the winter and spring, and more recently with Queens Village. And I felt like this was a good opportunity for us to get together, talk about how this started, what's working, and what we've learned. So my first question really just taking us back. What got you involved in Epicenter's initial efforts to help get New York vaccinated? And Beefin, because I think you might be the first in this group, I'm going to start with you. 
I, I do think the pandemic might be one of the first times where I really wanted to help people. I don't know. There was something about it where we live in Jackson Heights. We saw all these food pantries, all these long lines, just people going around blocks waiting for food. And I, I just saw like a tweet and somebody was like, how can I volunteer? And maybe you tweeted, maybe it was you, somebody else tweeted, um, go to Epicenter. So I emailed you and I said I could book vaccines easily. And you wrote me back and told me that I could help. Shri. I have to thank you, Mitra, for calling me out to volunteer. Like Beefin said, it was the pandemic. I mean, our, our place was the epicenter of the epicenter, right? Jackson Heights, Elmer's, Corona. They suffer, we suffered the most. And then the vaccine was our hope. And we realized that it could be the turning point. And it was important that everybody got vaccinated as quickly as possible. But getting the appointments were so difficult at that time. And helping one person and that person asking us to help with another friend of theirs, just spreading the word and asking us to help them just felt great at that time. And there was the sense of hope that as a community, we could move forward. Catherine. So um, what happened was my... uh... My uncle died at the beginning of the pandemic because unfortunately he did contract COVID-19. His wife, my aunt, and their daughter also got infected, but they survived it, but it took them months to recover. And what was also happening was I had spent many years as a breaking news editor. And uh, as we heard about the vaccines getting introduced and being ruled out, you know, I kept hearing about how it was so difficult for people to try to book their vaccine appointments, sometimes trying to do so in the middle of the night. So I figured that if you need to be that quick in order to book a vaccine appointment, I figured I might, I might as well do my bit to help if speed was what was needed. So before we get to all of our uh, current efforts in Queens Village, I wonder, Beefin and Shri, if you could just take us to the flurry of activity when Catherine is trying to get in as a volunteer and we had like more than 200 volunteers. We had thousands of people filling out our intake form every day. Tell me what that was like for you. Shri, you were like in it. So um, it was like 24-7. You had to be at the computer whenever you could just keep refreshing and refreshing and refreshing. And there were nights I would go to bed at three or four in the morning and then get up again at 7 a.m. And it was a fun way of connecting with all our volunteers because each one of us had our heart in it and we pulled each other's leg and we made fun of each other. But the ultimate goal was to get the people on our list at their appointments. So then we can fast forward to August. So I, I think it started to slow down around May or June. We would still get inquiries, but you know, we finally had like a volunteer celebration. And then most of us took the summer off, I think. And then we get to August, Epicenter, Clear Health Costs, and TBN24, the organizations we're working with, get a grant to work in Queens Village. I plucked the three of you out as these like great volunteers and said, actually, we can pay you not a whole lot, but we could pay you now. Would you want to do this? And I don't know the sequence of events, Catherine, whether it was you or Shri or Beef and feel free to pipe in if it was you. 
who kind of discovered how hard it was to get vaccinated in Queens Village? Yeah, I mean, I think we realized that there were only two places you could get vaccinated. They were both drugstores. Neither of them could do walk-ins. You had to have a phone. You had to have an app. Um, so from our experience with Epicenter, we knew that was not great. I feel like Shri then took this baton and wouldn't take no for an answer. That's my recollection. So um, Beefen and I would sit at home and do some research, like try to find out if there were schools or places of worships where people discussed about vaccines, talked about vaccines openly. And most of the places, vaccines was not their priority. We realized that it was a no, don't ask, don't tell kind of policy. So it was a very hush-hush matter. And I couldn't figure out why that was the case. So there were times when I would call um, the pharmacies there to see how they booked or how many they had booked. And when I would talk, those guys spoke like I was wasting their time. And that, that was a turnoff for me. Is that right, Beefen? Uh, you know what? I actually think it's just a normal town, like anything else, like in a way that they just, people are working three jobs. And yeah, like what you're saying, like it's not their first priority like all we were doing to get vaccinated not to say they didn't want to but it wasn't their first thing but I remember you saying well we're meeting all these people we're bringing all these flyers but we don't have a vaccine for them so there was a flurry of emails from Sri during this period where she was like determined to get vaccines to Queens Village and one email you sent me I will never forget said there's four federally qualified health centers I called them all. <laughs> Two of them don't even know they're federally qualified health centers. One of them didn't answer the phone. And another one told me he applied for the vaccine and he's not getting a response. Is that, is that right? Yes. And so that didn't work. Okay, what else did you try? So in our research, federally qualified health centers are supposedly community-based health centers that are supposed to serve their community irrespective of their pay or their insurance or anything. So I thought if we cannot get a van or a backpack full of vaccines, let's try to see what these federally qualified healthcare centers can do and what they are doing. I was just curious. So the one doctor I spoke to, very genuine, very nice, nice pediatrician um, of Haitian descent. And he said that he vaccinates, you know, people in his clinic. And he's trying to procure more vaccines through these vaccines for children organization, and his paperwork has, is stuck. So imagine, you know, here, there is a community that shows that it's lowest vaccinated in the city of New York, there are only two um, pharmacies that take only appointments. And then there are these clinics that are willing to vaccinate people, but there are no vaccines. So how do you, you know, connect these people to the supplier to the provider of vaccines and get the community vaccinated? So at that point, there were two, three other 
names that came to my mind. One of them was St. John's University um, director, Dr. Gunness, and I made a case for him to help us out. And so just to clarify, Harlem Gunness is the chair of St. John's University's public health department. We were meeting with him regularly when Epicenter started doing this, just because as a journalist, I felt like we're not doctors, we're not public health officials. And so he would help on some of that. He would also help contextualize the community. And then he had this other group that he belonged to that would get together people who were trying to do very similar efforts around getting New Yorkers vaccinated. So through his connection, we initially tried one avenue that didn't work. And then we tried another one through New York City. And that led to the test and trace folks that ultimately got us a van. So Beefen, what has been the response to the van and tell us your reaction to that. We know what we thought there would be people that would go to the van. We felt confident of that after walking around, but I didn't think it would be as enthusiastic as it was. I, I remember saying to Sharon, our other apprentice, I said to her, I was like, I would be happy if 10 people came tomorrow. And I think our first day we had 60. So that was 60. Yeah. I'm looking at the list, September 23rd, 60 vaccinated, September 26th, 60 vaccinated, September 29th, 70, October 3rd, 61, October 10th, 50, October 13th, 70, October 17th, 114, October 20th, 70, October 24th, 213, October 27th, 50, October 31st, 52, And then it starts to calm down. But Shri, what do you have to say for yourself on those numbers? I think we got to the people. We went there with our van. First, we walked around, talked to them, said, you know, vaccines are good, gave them flyers, gave them all the information, spoke one-on-one with them. And then when we shared the flyers everywhere, people came to take a look at our van. Some of them just drove by, some of them didn't stop, some of them didn't want to be noticed. But Wednesday and Sunday, we were there. And so the first 50 that came went back to their community and told about our van. So the next time there were another 50, 60 people, they went back and told their community. It was mostly through word of mouth that I think we managed to stay there and on their trust. Um, So I'm going to wrap us up. Can each of you share a favorite moment from your vaccine efforts over the last few months? I think I will start off by saying a favorite moment. It wasn't a moment, but it was a series of moments in that uh, some of our earlier clients later contacted us again and asked us, could you help now also book a vaccine appointment for you know, for a family member or a friend or a relative or a neighbor. I think one of these, um, one of my earlier clients, I think I have helped at least 20 people that she has known also get their vaccines as well. Wow. Yeah. Sri? For me, I think the most incredible thing was that to go to a community that I've never gone to before, uh, have never visited that area, to be amongst complete, total strangers and 
be there week after week and earn their trust and get gain some familiarity was just an incredible thing for me. Beefin. Like Shri said, I just I think it's very cool to meet these people and I don't think it's interesting having worked in the media it's like people want to divide you between vaccinated unvaccinated and they're just normal people they're busy they were working maybe they had some hesitancy but there was nothing so different about them you know they're just like us they're just like anybody else so that was that was nice it was enlightening but the best part was at, at when shri told me we got the truck though that was the best day because I think we were trying to get Epicenter like validated as like a yeah. vaccine distributor and there was like 50 pages of like Moderna Pfizer instructions I was trying to read through cuz she's like we have to get it. So I was like, "Oh my god, I have to learn how to store Pfizer vaccines and I like literally, I remember when you guys came to me and I was like <laughs> I didn't even order insurance for our cars to get to Queens Village and you want me to give out shots to people? <laughs> no, Mitcho's like Mitcho's like, yeah, just go through the paperwork. So I'm like sitting there with 50 pages of paperwork. So that was so great. It was such a great moment when Shri like called me and was like, "We're going to get a truck." It was the most exciting thing. <laughs> so my last question is, what do you wish people knew about the unvaccinated or getting vaccinated i think i would say um that even though it's taken a lot more time than we wanted or expected i think for many of them it does give them some time to at least think about it and that when i was also giving out the pamphlets at our queens village vaccine site for some people who weren't sure i said just think about it just talk it over with your your family you know we're here if you have any questions and i think Uh, for some of them, because a lot of them were working several jobs or just didn't have the time to think about. They never really had someone willing to talk through with them, you know, why they, sh they and their family should consider getting vaccinated. And that it's also helpful that we're here to help them answer any questions. I think that's the most important thing I've learned from all these months, you know, first helping to book vaccine appointments and now also helping um, promote the uh, vaccine events in Queens Village is just to let people know we're here to help answer your questions. Shri? So, okay, so about the, the people who were still unvaccinated, I think it's unfair to categorize them as anti-vaxxers because they're, not all of them are anti-vaxxers. They are vaccine hesitant or vaccine resistant, but they're not just like we have learned that they have two, three jobs and vaccines are the last thing on their mind. And because there is no accessibility in there in that area, they just didn't get vaccinated. So we, we have to make it easy for them, have our vans there, have extended hours, um, just be patient, be there and people will come around. Like you've just heard, it's important to remember that just because someone hasn't been vaccinated doesn't mean they're against it. There are communities like Queens Village across the city and across the country that still need better access to the COVID-19 vaccine. So if you live in a neighborhood that needs help, let us know. Call us at 917-818-2690 or send us a note at vaccine at epicenter-nyc.com. We're also here to help when it comes to booster and pediatric shots. 
Between the increased holiday travel, a new variant, and spikes in cases, this is a really important time to focus on vaccinations and all of the other ways we can protect ourselves and each other. That's all for today. Thanks for listening. And thanks for supporting us as we do our best to support our community. We couldn't do it without you. Epicenter's efforts in Queens Village are made possible through a vaccine equity grant from the Fund for Public Health in New York City and the New York City Department of Health and Mental Hygiene. You can also learn more about the organizations that made our Queens Village pop-up possible by clicking the link in our show notes. And if you're not already a member, sign up today by using the link in our show notes. Our intro music is All the Pretty Horses by Karavika. You can find more of their music on their website, linked to in our podcast description.